today we have a fan prepod by Stinker16 on our Discord stinker. server. Hey, Stinker. He says, <laughs> he hey. says, please talk about trading cards in the future prepod. The only stipulation I would request is that you spend an equal amount of time on each of these projects. Topics, sorry. Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic, and Sports Card. I'd love if you would do some research on popularity, money involved in each, and which would interest you most currently and with your past self. So the time right now is... We're about a minute and a half into this prepod, and uh, five minutes we're going to go directly into Pokemon cards. So, in the next uh, two, three minutes, how do you guys feel about trading cards? Wait. Cards, uh, they're cool. Trading you hold them in your hand and you look at their pictures. <laughs> trading cards for me are like, um, I don't know. It, I mean, it obviously it lends itself to collectors. So if you like collecting things at all, and then you like a show slash a card game, you are in a lot of trouble. Um, because especially if they have like different sets within it, like Pokemon got like the rocket set and the jungle and the first editions and second editions and you just end up having to get them all catch them all dang that knowledge <laughs> that's my research <laughs> i love trading cards i did it in kindergarten through like fourth yeah grade. i i like trading cards too i i think personally i like trading cards with a purpose and like that's not like shitting on people who just like trading cards for the appeal of having the card but like magic the gathering pokemon Yu Gi Oh, mm-hmm. um the naruto trading card game you know etc etc uh, I really like game. being able to whip my opponents with my plethora of cards. So if those cards have <laughs> um, strength behind them, then they immediately garner value for me. Yeah, I like to crush opponents with cards as well. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I do have to say sports cards are uh, cool in that they like hold this memory and image of a time and rookie co- rookie cards and stuff like that are cool. But yeah, mainly I'm on the side of the game yeah and playing cards, i've always yeah. been a collector i uh i would get like all my pokemon cards like in the big like starter pack or whatever you get and then i didn't even build decks i just started putting in them into my like sleeve books sleeves you know? oh yeah well, like th- those cool. big Same. books full of <laughs> sleeves and i would i put them in order of like card numbers so i like bulbasaur venus or ivysaur venusaur charmander like like i try to collect all the cards individually Sorry like that's that to me is super fun but as I grew up, obviously we play magic and I love playing the game much more than I like collecting. But even with magic, I would be like, I kind of want to have like all the cards. So I have options of what decks I want to run and things like that. I am very much a, yeah, I am also a collector. I'd say like, I like to collect things and I like stuff. Um, and, but surprisingly in, in like trading cards, it just never, it, it, it never clicked with me. Uh, I love the game. I love that style of game. You know, everything is like you have your deck. Everything's based on probability, uh, based on what they have. You're trying to read their hand. I also really like poker. Uh, I, I like to play trading card games like I like I play poker. Um, uh, I like that kind of game. Uh, but I but the my least favorite part about trading card games is actually like physically having to get the cards. I hate like having to try and you know, it's like, ah, I want to have this deck. So either I have to drop a bunch of money or so I have to buy booster packs. I hate buying booster packs and hoping I get something so good. funny. I love that is the most miserable feeling in the world. Packs. For me. There's nothing better than getting a fat pack of magic cards and opening them all up mm. all at once. 
Yeah. Oh, that's the five-minute mark. I think it's time right, to talk we're about Pokemon. Pokemon. We Pokemon. Move on. Move, 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 move. Uh, so we did a research on the popularity of Pokemon, and we are Googling currently, right? What are we What are we finding them? I, yeah. I've got a little bit of information about Pokemon cards. Okay. So everybody knows that the series was huge in the late 90s, you know, with games and shows coming out. And actually, the first Pokemon trading card tournament was on August 26, 2000, when 42 Pokemon trainers under the age of 14 gathered together at a hotel in Hawaii. Yeah. These kids were from all over the all over the world, United States, Japan, France, Italy, Canada, Spain, Germany, and the Netherlands, um, and the United Kingdom for That's two cool. days. And they all received their first DCI rankings and went on to do other events in their respective countries. So that kind of hit off the, the nail in the head for the competitive aspect of Pokemon trading cards. Um, however, I'm not necessarily sure, you know, how the value of Pokemon cards is measured. I think there's a little bit more merit to them other than just the strength of the card, um, like there is in Magic. But I think I thought that was pretty cool. You know, it started in 2000 with just a group of 42, 14 year olds. So that, that, that particular tournament one of my buddies, when I was very young, was in Hawaii at the time of the tournament and bought me a hat. Well, it was at the hotel they were staying at. That and is so he cool. He bought me a hat with Pikachu with a little blue lei around its throat, like Hawaiian mm -hmm. flowers. And it was like embroidered in the hat. Uh, and then my buddy from summer camp, Seth, is a still to this day a referee, a competitive referee for Pokemon. That's what he does for a living. And he's Whoa, like a wow. bunch of plaques of Pokemon stuff all over his room for being like one of the best yeah. refs in the game. And he goes all over the world to, to ref. The That's Pokemon so cool. Refs. More facts. 21.5 billion Pokemon cards have shipped to 74 countries in the world in over 10 different languages. Does anybody have the, the little Japanese cards that you thought those were just fire? Because the, the yeah. was just way yeah. better. Um, I had like 20 of those and that's like my pride and joy. I had no idea how to use them though. Anyway. <laughs> that's um, my Pokemon go. Yeah. Else. So I, did you guys ever play the Pokemon color Pokemon trading game, Game Boy game, Game Boy color game? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I have it and I played it. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Yes. I played that game. Um, like I remember my dad wanted me to be a, a hunter. Uh, and so I would go hunting with him and I'd sit in the stand and I would just play my Game Boy the entire time. And that was one of the games I remember <laughs> bringing along. Um, but that was actually, uh, I have here the, in 1999, that was the 20th most bought console game of the year. And that's not but like Game Boy, that's that's console game period. Um, yeah, intense. and it, it would go wow. on to sell 1.51 million copies during its first year in North America. Had a very had an eighty one percent average score on uh, game rankings, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of accolades. But I think that might have been the most successful um, uh, like like trading card game at the time. You know, uh, there obviously were some Yu Gi Oh and some other ones later, but I think that game was one of the first and one of the best um, uh, trading card video games. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That's my two cents. We got a minute and a half. Um, okay, I have a very short thing. I'm just looking up. I had some Pokemon cards. I've never really played the game. Don't know a lot about it. So I'm looking <laughs> up a, a list of cards that someone on the line said was cool. I found this card. I know enough about trading card games uh, to know that this card was busted, and I'm not surprised it was banned at all. Called, excuse me if I butcher this name, Lysandri's Trump card. 
uh, or Lissandre, Lissandre, I'm not sure how to say it, but you just, you play it and then each player shuffles all of their cards into his or her, uh, from their discard pile into their deck. You just start the game over. It's crazy. That's nuts. Wow. Um, yeah, like, like, I don't know. That's I don't know. broken. And they got banned from competitive tournaments. Can't believe they printed that. That's crazy. That's a nuts card. That's all I have to say about that. That's a fuck Tanner card. Anybody <laughs> play, <laughs> play, play that with, uh, Munchkin? We don't talk about it. Jackson. Um, the Pokemon Illustrator is one of the rarest cards. Huh. It's uh, incredibly rare, and it sells between 20,000 to 50,000 at auctions. Whoa. Wow. Holy. Wow. And uh, the OG Charizard card uh, goes for about 18,000 on eBay. That's bonkers. As it should. As it, As it should. should. Yeah. OG 18, Charizard it has is to be high. certified though, right? I'm yeah, I believe I'm, so. The yeah, certification always, process is like $500 to do that. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And that's the 10 minute mark. Right, so I think it's time to move on. Who's probably the biggest okay. Yu-Gi-Oh fan out there of us? I played a I played uh, one Yu-Gi-Oh game in my entire life. I played Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. I like not like the hugest Yu-Gi-Oh fan, but I did play a good bit of Yu-Gi-Oh Duel Links in my psychology mm. classes in my sophomore year of college. So that was a Holy. big game then. Yeah. Yes. It was a huge I really I liked the show. I, I was like And I collected the cards, but I did okay. not. Well really I played play I played all the time at the playground like fourth fourth grade, third grade, fourth grade. The playground. And uh yeah, I played a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> and I watched a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! Um I think I remember having the first like pack it was either a yugi or a kaiba pack and you either got the dark magician yeah, or the dude. blue eyes white dragon that's like first grade or something and i remember i got the kaiba so the blue eyes white dragon somewhere in my cards i have one and i, I hope it's in good condition but i love Yu-Gi-Oh. i thought it was really unique with its uh the summoning aspect of the cards i don't know if you guys are familiar but you basically have to put you can only put like one to four star like creatures out and then if you want to play a like a bigger batter card, you then had to sacrifice that smaller card to summon a bigger one. So that's kind mm -hmm. of like the like it's all about scaling, you know? And then you have to get yeah. like it's all about sacrificing and killing off your weaker monsters to summon bigger ones and stuff. So pretty unique uh strategy game. Uh people play it all the time still, but that's my two cents. Yeah, say I that, think oh, oh go ahead, go Zach. The coolest thing about Yu-Gi-Oh, I, I mean, again, I like the play style. I love the idea of three-dimensional, like, summoning in the, like, three-dimensional stuff in the show. Like, that was really fun. Like, the arenas and stuff were really neat. Um, and I think, though, the coolest thing about the franchise in and of itself is the, um, like, merch you could get for the show. Like, mm. um, the arm. I arm own one. Stadium. So sick. Holy Dual. shit. <laughs> Oh, what's it called? <laughs> like, like it, you pressed a button and that sucker like split off on your arm and like went on the, or you, no, no, you set it with like part of the stage on one half of your arm and then part on the other. And you pressed a button and it like slammed together and then slid around to the front. And it was so heavy. But uh, uh, <laughs> that, that itself, I think cost like a hundred yeah, bucks. Yeah, the, the bucks dual new. disc. I had one. Yeah, the dual disc. Very cool. So that was a, a very large sell factor for me. I also think it was just easier to learn how to play. Um, yeah. It wasn't a hard game. Maybe just because I was older too. Love Yu-Gi-Oh. Two cents about Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, I like. I, I agree with you there, Zach. It definitely wasn't a hard game for me to pick up. I think we're going to talk about Magic the Gathering here soon, but 
Um, after playing MTG, going to a game like Yu-Gi-Oh, it was kind of refreshing how straightforward it was, yet mm -hmm. there was a lot of, like, depth and, you know, trap cards and defense mode and attack mode and placing cards face down and a lot of bluffing. And that's what I really like about Yu-Gi-Oh is the whole idea of the bluff. Mm -hmm. um, like, I've got a face down trap card. You don't know what the hell it is. It could be, you know, something that's going to destroy whatever monster attacks next. It could just be, uh, you know, something that lets me draw a card. So... I've always loved that about Yu-Gi-Oh! And, like, I think it's done a really good job of adapting itself to different mediums over the years. There are, like, several um, versions of Yu-Gi-Oh! you could play online. And, like, Duel Links was super huge a couple years ago. Still is pretty big as a very active player base. Um, but it's so simple that it can be adapted. And it, you know, almost, you know, has outshone or outgrown the show in a lot of respects. Um, kind of the opposite of Pokemon, where the show and the games kind of outshine the card game. So... Uh, they actually broke the Guinness uh, Book of World Records back in 2009 for having sold over 22 billion cards, whereas Pokemon only said sold 21.5 billion. Wow. Wow. Very cool. Incredible. I also saw uh, 16 fan-made cards made it into the actual Whoa. game. Like, they actually printed oh, wow. uh, 16 cards that were made by fans at you know some point. Um, and that, I think that's super cool. That is. I really I like that. Today. that. That's all I know about Yu-Gi-Oh. That's super cool. That's dope. Little I had, uh, I had, um, when I was a kid, my uh, sister, we were like at Corpus Christi or something, and and we had some family that went across the border to Mexico, and my sister bought me a bunch of bootleg Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and <laughs> uh, the three Egyptian gods no, were in it, man. and I was like, oh my word, this is amazing. Until I learned out. That they were fakes essentially because <laughs> the backs were colored at damn but it was mm. sick but i really didn't know how to play the game so <laughs> also i think the dual disc is so sick yeah. and uh <laughs> i liked the show man it was cool it's hype wow that was we're at that 15 timing. minute mark we're at that 15 minute mark what's up Imagine next? Man? gathering i forfeit my conversation Please. i know I like jackson should talk them i've got uh Yes, yeah. I've got some intro stuff, and then Jackson can like definitely take it away. Uh, just for those of you who don't know what Magic the Gathering is, um, it's a very cool like battling card game, and it actually was started way back in the day from Dungeons & Dragons, so that's pretty relevant to where we are now as a podcast. Um, but this guy named Richard Garfield was interested in, Magic, in, in, was interested in Dungeons & Dragons, but felt that the game was um, a little open-ended and not written very well, and kind of the aspect of the magic system in Dungeons and Dragons really kind of appealed to him. So he went on to create this game called Five Magics, which eventually would then become Magic the Gathering. And that kind of gives him insight into the five different um, mana pools and different fighting styles in Magic the Gathering. And that was back in 1993, I believe, when the first Magic the Gathering cards were printed. And I think that's pretty cool that um, Wizards of the Coast, you know, was pretty new at that time and picked this guy up and created one of the biggest card games in existence. That's amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah, pretty cool. Jackson uh, was always really good at deck building. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like magic. I, I found it when I was um, at some point in elementary school, I went to summer camp and a guy had brought a bunch of magic cards and me and my best friend who went to like multiple summer camps this summer, like fell in love with it. And then we made our parents get us some cards before we went to the next summer camp and we played it like all summer long. And then my friends found it when we were in junior high and that was awesome. And we just had a bunch of, we just had a really good time. And 
I really love building the decks. I love the the game, and I think it's got like super cool art, and uh, they have like kind of a lore that they build within cards. I don't know. It's very cool. Um, but those aren't those are opinions. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really expensive, yeah. and that's kind of why yeah, I stopped. All of my money that's the one downside. Went to that in high school. All my paychecks. All my parents' yeah. money went to that <laughs> in high school. <laughs> I mean, it, it uh, felt like at, at the time we were playing, it felt like if if you wanted a good deck, it was going to cost you like five hundred bucks. If you wanted a competitive level deck, that's about what it would cost because there's this whole market system around around Magic because it's all like random, right? To get cards, you buy a booster pack, and and you might get a really good card, you might get a really crappy card, uh, and then and then there just turns into this. Um, like, you know, the, the really good cards are, there are only so many of them or they're, you know, they're only, um, so rare, I guess. And, and so the, because they're good, they're in higher demand, right? So like these shops that are buying cards from people are, are selling them for like $50 a piece or something. And you need, was it four? Is that the limit in the magic deck? Is it four of a kind? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, copies. you can have up to four of them in a 60 card deck and, and you need to, and if it's a good card, you need to make sure you have at least four of them if you want to, you know, to give you the best odds of drawing it and and so you're looking like, like there was the i remember when we were playing i think the card was called boros reckoner it was a white red card i don't remember what was so nuts about it it was a creature um but it was insane and and everyone was buying it and i remember that card was 50 dollars. so if you wanted a good the best deck use that card at the time or like was pretty much you know air quotes best deck and, and that's like at $200 for four out of your 60 cards. It's ridiculous. That's insane. It's ridiculous. Uh, wow. Speaking yeah. of expensive cards, yeah. uh, the number one Magic the Gathering card just sold for 166K at an auction. Doubling its value. What was it? Black, Black Lotus? Lotus? Was it Black Lotus? Yeah. yeah. There Dang. is a um, 1996 world champion, it. the card. It was is currently on eBay listed for two hundred thousand oh. dollars. It has not been check sold. it out now, right? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so definitely like Magic the Gathering cards go for a lot, and it's definitely still mm -hmm. a very active community. It's super well, fun if you they, ever could have a chance to get into it. They're saying that I mean revenue for Magic last year grew thirty percent. Wow, and it's, it's a massive player base already. And that that's new, crazy. Uh, that that. Uh, MTG Arena that game they came out with uh, uh, since the closed yeah. beta in September of 2017 they're up to like 1.8 billion games have been played Insane. online so like it's incredible yeah, there's a crazy uh, the the revenue that brought in for like one quarter was like 68 no 687 million dollars ah! <laughs> ridiculous Buku cash <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at some of these old cards. It's really fun to go back and look at the cards that they had to ban from like tournaments and they had to, you know, recall or whatever. And look at this one. Uh, I can't believe they printed this. Time Walk. It's a two mana card, one blue, one colorless. And it's a sorcery and it's take an extra turn after this one. For two Ridiculous. mana, you get an extra turn after that. That's insane. That's right, nuts. Sports cards. The, the value of two mana oh, is yeah, nuts. We gotta, we gotta go Sorry, sports yeah. cards. What are, right, we, what sports. are we Okay, okay. Sports, sports cards. cards. Smart I've got expensive. I've got a, the the Wikipedia page up here, um, mm. talking about sports cards. So just a little bit of background. The first sports card was printed in 1896. 
Um, and it was for Ooh. the the game cricket. If you've ever heard of cricket, uh, it's kind of cricket. similar to yeah. baseball, but uh, yeah. not really popular in the U.S. Um, but yeah, and it just talks about how the next was football, uh, like American football, and it kind of goes on and on and on. Um, cards would come in packs of cigarettes. Um, yeah, they were called cards. tobacco cards or cigarette cards. Yeah, um, and one of the most popular, most expensive cigarette cards is actually the most expensive sports card of all time, Honus Wagner, which we were talking about before we started recording here. That is worth like multiple millions of dollars. What's the exact number, Zach? $3.12 million. Dollars. Wait. And it is a 12? 19... Damn. Yeah, 1909 to 1911. So you're talking about like freaking Red Dead Redemption era for those of you who play that game. Uh, 1909 to 1911, a T206 Honus Wagner card. Yeah. Uh, $3.12 wow. million. Dollars. Insane. I think uh, sports cards started proliferating mainly in the 80s. Um, and then in the 90s, I think was really the height of the, like, especially the baseball sports card scene. Um, pretty, pretty cool. They actually, uh, card companies had to limit the, the amount of cards that they were producing to increase their value. And in the 90s is actually when they started putting randomly autographed cards Whoa. into sports card boxes. Oh, that's um, bonkers. That's amazing. That's crazy. It began in, I think, 1990. The, the company Upper Deck randomly inserted Reggie Heck. Jackson autographed cards into boxes. Um, that's kind of insane. Pretty cool. Mm -hmm. They had, uh, yeah, I know it's like uh, Tops, Upper Deck. Those those companies have been around for ages and especially like Tops. Um I mean, I know you mentioned 80s, 90s, but some of these cards, you know, you got people that are in their 50s and 60s, eh, you know, more 30s, 40s in the 80s and 90s that knew some of these players back when they were kids, like Mickey Mantle and Babe Ruth. Well, Babe Ruth is a long time ago. Um, but those cards were in circulation at the time, and they're just worth ludicrous amounts of money. And I feel mm -hmm. like at the time, you know, baseball cards, and I know there are still plenty of people out there. It looks like these are probably the most expensive cards still on the market. You know, we talked about Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon, but these are the ones that are worth the most money. Mm -hmm. um, you have a group of people nowadays that are picking up Magic cards and dumping their money into that. It'd be interesting to know how much money people spent, you know, as kids just on these kinds of cards um, and mm -hmm. how they've just held their value out for so long. And, you know, who knows if Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! If those cards someday will be worth something like that but i don't that's weird is it just limitation and circulation is that why it's so valuable or is there something else to that yeah i i don't necessarily think it was just the limiting of circulation but rather that alongside you know these are people's heroes like growing totally. up watching sports yeah yeah the difference that these cards have between like um card games like pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh is like these are real people that you know are were national icons you know, like Mickey Mantle, Babe Ruth, as you said. Not sure about Honus Wagner. I'm sure he was pretty big in his day. Um, but I, I think that these are people that have been ingrained in a lot of the people from those generations' memories. And they want to respect them. Um, and then that alongside with, you know, like the, Minty, the Mickey Mantle 1957, I think it was his rookie card, being there's only seven printed. So it's like yeah. if you want to get your hands on that, if you were a huge Mickey Mantle fan... You know, like there's only seven out there. So if you have the opportunity to get that, that's a pretty insane, you know, a lot of packs deal. of bubble gum. Did, <laughs> did, uh, am I imagining do baseball cards have like the players' stats on them? They do. Yeah. yeah that's the like back. a cool thing in themselves and they have years. So it's like that, 
all, almost takes a snapshot of a whole season. Well, and, so and that's pre like, internet. That's pre, like, you can't just Google yeah. your stats. Yeah, pre internet. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that's bonkers, actually. Now that you bring that up, I'm like, oh, it's yeah. Crazy. Look it up. <laughs> yeah, that's. Man, yeah, I that's feel like I true. saw a scene in, a, in an old movie where these kids were, like, competing. They're like, well, well, like I know that this person's stats are they they were like we we're talking about baseball cards Sandlot. and they were they were they were saying stats that they remembered as like a way to impress each other or something like that. And that would be impressive because you had no way to look it up. Yeah. Like you would have to just see the card and then memorize the stats to know those things. All right, we are in the final phase. We are going to talk about which of these four trading card games that we would be most interested in currently and then our past selves, which would be most interested in. And I can go first and I would say that uh, past past self, um, like I said, I, I think I was way too into Yu-Gi-Oh and like the, um, the show and everything like me and my friends just like played a ton of Yu-Gi-Oh like all through elementary school. And I think that's definitely my favorite um, of my entire like youth youth years but all ultimately now magic the gathering has obviously the most lore the best art the best strategy and also there's a, a good amount of nostalgia with um high school and going and spending um what was it, like 15 bucks and doing a draft where you just like randomly mm get cards and try to build a, a deck on the fly and then just instantly try to compete. And if your deck does well, then you win a bunch of booster packs and you made your money back. So there you go. Um, yeah. Yeah. What about you guys? I think for me, I'm going to actually walk back the statement I said at the beginning of the show. I think past me definitely was the most interested in magic and I would have liked to stay active within the magic scene somewhat up to this point in my life because it was such a fun thing to be a part of. Um, but I think at this point in my life, I actually feel like sports cards are starting to increase in value in my mind, specifically basketball. Like within the last two or three years, I've been getting really into basketball. And I think the opportunity to like have a snapshot of a player in like 2020 would be pretty cool. Whether it would be like a LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, you know, or like even like a like a rookie Donovan Mitchell card or a, like a rookie Luka Doncic card. I think that'd be really cool be able to show my kids um, and say like, I was alive when this player played. Um, I think that that is something that is really special that I didn't really consider in previous parts of my life. That's awesome. I think, I think I'm a magic boy through and through. I think for both, I, ma magic is the only card game that has ever interested me. And then like, I don't, I, I've never really gotten into like watching sports. I like to play sports. Um, and, but I, I watching them has never quite clicked with me so I, I think like sports cards don't really have their meaning and then as far as the games go um i have like you know ever since i first came in contact with magic i liked it a long time ago i would still play it if it didn't cost so much yeah. dang money when, when, yeah. we're, when uh, we're all to, rich. Do, to do the most fun version of it i would say yeah when yeah. we're loaded uh, when we're all rich we'll just do it all day uh, my real answer to that question is go if you want if you want to play a card game go play legends of runeterra it's like free it's very good. It's like actually, it's an actually free to play card game. It's made by right. It's an excellent game. Only I've streamed a couple times. Physical nature of the card has a big, a big thing for me though. Yep, it does. Mm. It feels so good to have a physical card. Yep. It, it yeah. definitely feels so much better. Yeah, I was gonna say, can you guys imagine being like eighty years old in nursing home and playing Magic: The Gathering with some old farts? 
I'm I'm all for it. That would be it. awesome. Right next to the people okay. playing like high power PC yeah. games yeah. right next to them. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, nursing homes are gonna be yeah. fire. I know. All right, two minutes. Zach and so Jackson. good. Yeah. I would say um I love Pokemon. Um I love collecting them as a kid. I would say i would say i don't know this about magic so i'm just gonna stick with it just from what i've seen from my friend seth's like facebook these tournaments are whack and i would love to go see them like the the hype around like a pokemon tournament blows my head off so i think i would <laughs> pokemon through and through i don't think i could I, I would love to pick it up and learn how to play more, um, but I feel like the rules have changed so much and there's so much more depth to it now that I probably couldn't compete very well. But uh, I just love the hype around the event, you know? Pokemon event, how mm. freaking cool. <laughs> but that's my answer. Um, I'm definitely a magic boy. Uh, I will always have appreciation for it. It's, I like looking at the new cards and just they're so uh, creative in the way that they mm -hmm. come up with their cards, the way they work together, um, the flavor for everything. And I'll always draw inspiration off the art from it. Um, but yeah, I was definitely, it's, I would be more into it if it, if I like didn't cost so much, but that's true of like yeah. every hobby and collecting and <laughs> yeah. all that kind of stuff. <laughs> <Right>. So. <laughs> And it doesn't necessarily have to be expensive, but it always is to get what you want. It's always once yeah. you get into it, yeah. the more you get excited about it, the more right. expensive it gets. Like so, I, I could take yeah. twenty bucks right now and go get a deck, but I'm not going to be satisfied playing that deck. But to yeah. hold the card that yeah. you want to hold, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, also, Commander is yeah. awesome. I, Commander's the real game, in my opinion. But uh, <laughs> oh, chance before we wrap it up, just like. I just remember an artifact from Magic, not a little artifact, but just of our lives. We all had that Magic the Magic the Gathering phone app, and like we would watch the prices of cards, like we'd watch the yes, stocks. Yes, we would. <laughs> the market, like, yeah. like oh wow, this card I really want went down thirty cents, or this card that I have a full play set up went like up two dollars. Should go sell and get these other cards. Nothing so was better than pulling yeah. a like a twenty dollar card and being like, I'm gonna get four more packs. Like I don't know. Oh, wait, Carson White, if you're listening to this, fuck you. You're the luckiest he motherfucker ever to live. Holographic. Oh, my gosh. That was insane. Never, so. He he got, like, that one planeswalker that was, like, worth 40 and bucks. It was, it was Huntsmaster. Yeah. That's what it was. I, I, I thought... He also oh, got like man. a like a Huntsmaster of the Fells and pulled like a like two Thrax yeah. Tusks when they were like twelve. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, you were right. He it was it was that <sighs> new that new patch or that new block came out and he pulled the planeswalker of that block. So it, at that point, it was so expensive. Yes, insane. Right. I I think my favorite thing, my favorite deck that I ever saw in Magic was Jackson's. Uh, I don't remember exactly. Was it called like Black Tides or oh, something like that? Stupid. It was a black, black blue tide. deck. That deck was so yeah. cool. It was so I good. loved that deck. I thought it was the coolest thing. It was the kind of deck where you would play and you would either lose and you know you've lost or everything would fall into hard. place and you just yeah. could like win hard mm. and it felt yeah. so good. Big we combos. pictures of yeah. us at magic tournaments. I don't think we took no, any we pictures, but it'd be super sick so. yeah, to post yeah, in the Discord. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, uh, I'm ready to play D&D or Hero Duels, either one. D&D. <laughs> hero Duels, yeah, magical yeah, yeah. heroes. Hero Duels, hero duels in D&D. <laughs> we didn't talk about yeah. Digimon. <laughs> uh, These monsters are digital. Yeah.